Welcome to American Reds, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for the FX series, The Americans. I'm Michelle. And as always, I'm Mike. Uh, tonight we're podcasting The Americans Season 5, Episode 4, What's the Matter with Kansas? Air date of March 28, 2017. This was directed by Gwyneth Holder Payton hmm. and uh, was written by Peter Ackerman and Joe Weisberg. How come they don't have three names? I don't know. It's a good question. Hmm. It's a good question. Lee Harvey Oswald? Well, that's quite the comparison mm-hmm. there. Isn't I don't it? know. All the villains have three names. Have you ever noticed? Huh. Yeah. I might need to change my Facebook name, huh? Except for Sirhan Sirhan. He only had two. We meet lots of new people in this episode tonight. Lots of uh, new people to remember. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on. We meet Benjamin Stobert. And because we meet Benjamin, we meet Brenda Neal. Brenda and Benjamin, yep. Yep, Brenda and Benjamin. Deidre Kemp. Deidre is not like going to be a of, lot of fun at parties. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Deidre. Uh, and Gus, because of Deidre, we meet Gus, Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Gus with the with the plastic funny-shaped glasses. They used to call those birth control glasses. They did, in didn't the, they? Yeah, yeah the Navy. Right. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. a pair of them. We meet Ruslan, the interrogator. You know, I think him and Deidre would be a better match than Deidre and Gus, don't you? I have to think on that for a little bit, really. I have to think on that. I think their dispositions would be probably better suited. Maybe. Maybe. But we got lots of potentially sticky new relationships in this episode, I felt like, tonight. There's a bunch of stuff going on here, for sure. Did you have any particular thoughts or insights on the title? What's the matter with Kansas? Yeah, they don't want to go. Well, that's true. No, they've they've uh, they're both, and they they plead their case to the specter of death, Gabriel, and we'll talk about it when we get to that scene. But before we really get into this episode, I was thinking even before I watched this about how much it takes to wow us now. Like in TV and in general, it used to be that a television show could just be a good show, right? And everybody was happy and it was good enough and that's how it went. But it's like now we need to be wowed by something every single week. It has to be water cooler like conversation every single week. And if not, then you get a lot of hate, a lot of negativity like directed toward the show or... Maybe even worse than hate, because I think these writers and stuff, they probably, of course they like the the accolades, but I think even the hate, it gives, they're still being talked about. But with a show that just comes off as like mediocre or boring or bland or just has nothing that really grabs your attention or something, we expect a lot, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and we expect it every single week. Well, I don't think that it's just us that expects a lot. The sponsors expect a lot. And the people who count on this thing to draw eyeballs to it expect a lot. Because this is, after all, entertainment. And it is, after all, uh, a capitalist enterprise. Isn't it kind of funny? (laughs) We're watching the Soviet spies in a capitalist enterprise, ultimately. But anyways... Yeah, so that's, you know, we, if, if something's bland, it wasn't entertaining, and people call them out on it, 
I mean, they should. I guess. People don't really even call them out on it, though, when it's bland. It's like it's just forgotten. It's like these episodes are just forgotten. It's like you have these writers who are doing this stuff, and you have to build storylines in things. It just has to happen. It can't all be exploding cars. Well, luckily with the Americans, we don't have to worry about a well, bland that's, show. That's absolutely true, but I... I just wanted to say that I don't think it's really fair to expect that from a show every single week anymore. Used to, we expected it from the finales and stuff like like that. But now we really expect this every single week. It's like expecting a baseball player to you know hit a home run out of the park every single week is what we expect. But at the risk of turning this into a fan cast instead of a podcast, which I really don't want to do if You guys have listened to any of our other podcasts. We've done Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead. We've done Survivor. We don't just rave on everything we do. We definitely point out if we don't think an episode's a good episode. Do you think that's fair? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Even the episodes on the Americans that some people view as slower they are just so filled with like nuance and innuendo and tidbits of stuff that even when nobody's getting crunched up in a suitcase, I just feel real confident saying that it's just one of the shows that knock it out of the park every single week if you take the time to watch and pay attention to it. Do you think that's a fair thing to say? I think that's an absolute true thing to say. We have these conversations like the one between Stan and the Deputy AG that we'll get to. And I mean, that was just like, it was just a wow, stunning scene to me. It was great. We have the one between Oleg and his mother. Nothing, the one where she tells her, this is my Russia story. Just these little scenes that are, you know, nothing's blowing up. We don't have anything raining from the sky. Nobody's getting their neck broken. And it is so good. Just really good. I agree. This was the episode of Blackmail, no? This was the episode of coercion and blackmail and twist my arm. Why don't you? (laughs) We also had a lot of, still lots of food talk and food waste. We saw Henry throwing away the food and then Elizabeth dropping the carob on the floor and lots of this kind of food insecurity feeling I felt hmm. like even in even in this episode I think you you may be like hung up on the food thing kind of like I was hung up on the closet thing last week are you ready to get started I was ready to get started when I said I might okay we start off this episode with a conversation between Elizabeth and Philip and Gabriel The specter of death himself is not as coddling as he has been in the past, and they plead their case. Hey, look, we've got Paige, we've got Pastor Tim, we've got this stuff going on, we've got all these missions, and Gabriel says, and? What do you think's going on with that? He's he's very matter-of-fact. Why do you think... It's because of what he said last episode, the center is losing their mind over this wheat thing. Okay. Because, as mentioned later on by, uh, what's the uh, agriculture specialist's name? Ben. 
Ben is the agriculture specialist. Now? Oh, the Soviet Alexei. 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 Yeah, I was fixing this up. I've never met a Soviet agriculture specialist <laughs> named Ben. Have you ever met any Soviet agriculture specialists? I know many of them. Oh, okay. We've got a Soviet agriculture specialist club downtown. But anyway, I digress. Alexei mentions to to Philip while he's talking to him at the bar about how their system's broken and they they can't get wheat from one spot to another spot. That I mean, was an interesting. Well, it was an interesting thing. exchange, but this this illustrates why the center is so interested in a problem with their already troubled logistics food supply situation in the Soviet Union. So this is why they're so so tore up about this, and this is why I think Gabriel. See, Gabriel communicates directly to the center. Philip and Elizabeth do not. So I, I think the center has put spe- special emphasis on this particular mission. This is my my opinion. I wonder if they're blackmailing Gabriel. Or tw- they're certainly twisting his arm. They may have some pictures of Gabriel and Claudia in some compromising oh, situations. Oh, my goodness. And I don't want to see those pictures, so I'll just tell you. Well, Gabriel is show- showing them the files on Benjamin and Deidre. And he says, and by the way, they're both single. Isn't that handy? And this does not excite Elizabeth or Philip. As a matter of fact, it just kind of, they're like, oh my God, we've got to do one of these Martha Dawn things again and and invade these people's lives and guess what? Figure out a way to blackmail them to get the information that we want. And they're just, I think they're just getting kind of weary with it all. Yeah, I do too. I do too. There's another scene in here where I actually was going to talk about that that's exactly what I was thinking it just it's feeling they're certainly not feeling it right now they don't want to do this but it's like you said Gabriel he doesn't he's like sorry got to be done yeah he's figured uh, out he's mission oriented he is well then they get in the car and Elizabeth asks if they'll be fired that's pretty funny yeah but she says it's not funny no and Philip agrees with her. They just they, they don't like this. Didn't one of them even say I've got a problem with this? I wrote that down. I don't know where I heard it. I, well, I mean, you probably just sensed it, don't you think? I mean, they do have a problem with what's going on. They're trying to talk about other reasons, and they have a lot of valid reasons. They are the Morozovs with Tuan and all that thing. And that's a whole other family that they're being, and they've got Stan, and now we see them having dinner with Renee, and then we they have Paige and everything going on with her and Matthew. They still have Pastor Tim going. Is that thing with Kimmy still going? Do we know that? We haven't heard about it in a while, but I didn't see it in. Heard about that, and they also left the math teacher thing open-ended. They never got to the bottom of that in this episode. Right. I think there's something probably going on. I think the math teacher's a double agent. Oh. That's that's like your answer to everybody, right? Double agent. Double agent. Well, we go into the intro, and we come back. We're back at home, and Philip's looking out the window He's, like, very thoughtful in this episode. Weary. I think that's a great word for it. And they talk about Henry a little bit. He reminded me of Gladys Kravitz in the series Bewitched back in the 60s, looking out the window. Looking out the window. But he is looking at his maple tree, I think, in place of looking at the neighbors. Yeah, he's worried about his worried about his maple tree. Well, Henry comes in, and they just jump all over him. When Henry 
dumps his toast in the trash that he's dissatisfied with because they were out of Apple Jacks. Don't you think that was a little, uh, a little too attitude is? Elizabeth even called him out. Hey, 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 uh, what's, what's wrong with you? Yeah, he says he wants Apple Jacks, and she says, well, go to the store and buy some Apple Jacks. Yeah, go to the Apple Jacks store, kiddo. Here, eat this. But everybody's kind of scolding him. He's he's very defensive suddenly. I don't think we've seen Henry like this before. Well, he's an American teenager who's turning into, guess what? An American teenager that's, uh, you know. But even Paige walks in and scolds him. She's like, hey, I would have eaten that. I would have finished that. He goes, well, get it out of the trash and finish it then and walks out. Then we go to the scene where we have the KGB headquarters and Oleg is meeting with the experienced Russian interrogator. That's the guy I don't want to meet. There's a lot of people I'd like to meet in this world. Experienced Russian interrogator. Me neither. And, you know, this is uh, goes to the, the theme of this show, I think, is where we... We see this, the theme of this show, you, you usually ask, what do you see a theme overall sure. thing? Well, I, I did, and it was coercion. And yeah. so this guy, they bring in the coercion specialist, and they're going to go back and talk to Blondie there, who says, well, I'm just a you know better picker, food picker than anybody else. And they're going to take the, the Russian uh, interrogation specialist back to talk to her. And I was worried about that, weren't you? I didn't know what was going to go on with that. It was a whole lot more talking than I was afraid it was going to be. I was afraid it was going to be a whole lot worse for her. Yeah, the word interrogation kind of brings up all kinds of, you know, ideas, you know, visuals. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, was, I felt the same way. I didn't know if he was going to, you know, whip out his, uh, you know, reruns of, uh, you know, bad TV series and make them watch it or, you know, what. Well, then we see disguised Philip. I think you're right. We'll call this birth control glasses, Philip. It's mm-hmm. Gus. He's on the plane. Oh, I know. Gus. Okay, so we know now that they're flying back and forth, which makes a lot of sense because Mike and Jamie over at West Coast Project were talking about, you know, were they driving back and forth? And that was the most fun I think I've ever had listening to a podcast where Mike was, I mean, I. You know, you, you, we've had this. We've had these conversations. We had it over the same thing. It was that was so entertaining to have Mike try to explain to Jamie how routes are not like the same between cities, just because the miles are the same, travel time is different, and it was so much fun to listen to to him try to explain that. I, I love that. That was that was just a lot of fun. I laughed and laughed and laughed. I really enjoyed that. Well, and. He was also laughing at me because I really didn't get it either. I'm like, well, we can go to Florida in this amount of time. He's like, it's not the same. I'm like, we can go to Washington this amount of time. It's not the same. Well, I was also imagining it. What I imagined Mike's face looking like while she's (laughs) not getting what he's trying to tell her. And I'm not trying to beat on Jamie. It's just funny that this is a male-female dynamic. And no, I'm not a sexist. But this was funny. And we and I enjoyed it. A little sexist. A little, okay, maybe a little, but I'm sorry for it, and I'm working on it, and I'm I'm going to join a support group if it uh, gets to be a bigger uh, problem. Yeah. But you're right. We did find out that they're flying, so that was. So we know they're flying. So no need to discuss driving travel time. But how did Elizabeth come back from Oklahoma? Uh, not Oklahoma. Where's the first place they went? Illinois. Yeah. 
with those bugs all over her. Surely she didn't carry those on the plane that she's washing out of her hair. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. That's a good. That's a good question. I don't I, know. I suppose it could have been in the in a hotel that she was taking that shower. I thought it was their bathroom, but it might not have been. Could could have been. Birth control glasses fill. Gets on the exercise bike beside And Dee. Gus is smooth, but he's not enthusiastic about this assignment. Yeah, I didn't think he was smooth at all. I thought he was horrible in this. As a matter of fact, let me look at my notes. Because I said, this whole scene kind of reminded me of the scene in Groundhog Day. Do you remember that scene where Phil's trying to get the affections of Andy McDowell? Oh, yeah. And he does it again and again, and it wears on him, and he gets, like, manic with it. You can just see like this. He just wants to get to the end. He's he just wants... mechanically going through it to get to the, get it over with. Right, and then maniacally, because he's, oh, I want kids. I want to I wanna have a lot of kids. Let's adopt kids. How many kids do you want? You know, just it, it gets ma- maniacal, and I'm seeing this in Gus. Here. He talks to her about, oh, do you have kids? Oh, well, you have nieces and nephews. I have three nephews, and I love them, but boy, I can't wait to get away from them. And it just, it all feels so robotic and maniacal. Contrived. And yes. Contrived, yeah. Very contrived. What did you think Deidre was thinking about him? I don't think Deidre uh, enjoys the company of many humans to start with. Okay, that's I, fair. I think she's kind of a, uh, I don't know. Just a loner? A, yeah, a loner, spinstress. I mean, she's definitely, you know, she's not going to win, you know, she's not a beauty queen. Um, so she's probably not used to this and probably is a little, uh, maybe even confused by this if you, Notice her face, she kind of looks at him a couple of times, glances at him a couple of times. I think she did a great job. Oh, I do too. Um, in her in her role, but uh, as far as her character goes, I don't I don't think she's uh, that impressed with Gus right now, but we see later on she's given him a uh, an opportunity for a uh, for a date. Yeah, maybe. She she seems a little suspicious of the affections, the attentions of a man and I think that might be fair in a situation like hers. Well, he's so good looking, and he's got those glasses oh on, <laughs> and he's so smooth. You know, of course, she's wondering, "Hey, what's this? What's this uh, Greek god doing talking to me?" Really? No, I'm okay. being sarcastic. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. She goes into her job, and she is vi- that's that's where her confidence starts to shine through, and. Everything, when she's talking about her job, she works with logistics, storage, identifying and fixing insufficiencies. And I don't think Philip could be more bored with that. He's just... No, and we find out, too, she's got a pretty high opinion of herself. Because Philip says, well, it sounds like they can't do without you. And she says, they can't, and she's not playing about it. No, no. No, she's no, she's got that little grin about her. That's where I was talking about the confidence comes through. Then we see Oleg. He comes in the room and he's wants to talk to his mom about what's going on. <sighs> now, see, I mean, what a mama's boy! Doesn't he have any friends that he can confide in that he grew up with? And not, no. a, I mean, come on, with this? man. 
With yes. this information? I mean, you got to go to your best friend. You don't go to your mommy. I think it's somebody's child. That's not what But he, wait a minute. Let's get let's get off. I'm going to get off of Oleg for a minute because I like Oleg. Here we see again this problem. Here's here's one of our characters struggling with blackmail. Okay, in the last scene, Philip's trying to get into a position where he can blackmail Deidre. And now Oleg thinks he's being blackmailed, and he is. He's potentially by the CIA. And he's going to his mom about it to to confide in her. I think the reason he went to his mother is because I think that he worries if something does happen to him after something has happened to his brother and the thing with his brother comes up in a little bit kind of obscurely. I think he's worried about what will happen to his mother as much as he's worried about what will happen to him. And I think that's why he talks to her. I think he's kind of going for her counsel on how would you have me handle this because you are going to have to live with the consequences of whatever happens with me. Yeah, well, that that's a... Yeah, that sounds, that sounds smart, yeah. He doesn't want to talk to his dad about it, and I wasn't really sure why. Well, his dad's a solid company man. But his mom just starts to sob. That was really pitiful. That really kind of tugged my heartstrings right there. Because she's already lost one son, and now she stands in fear of losing her other one. Who's just come home yeah. after she's missed him so much. Yep. And then we go to the scene with Misha, and he's in the auto garage. That's getting funny. In a car. That's hilarious. You know, just, just lay down in floor. Look like box. I mean, that's their plan. This is real sophisticated smugglers here. It lay, worked. Lay down in the floorboard under, I mean, just like, that's it? Under a refrigerator. No secret compartment, no nothing. Just lay down in a floorboard. We're going to put this these two boxes on top of you. But it worked. You're right. They went over the border and, you know, later on. Empty refrigerators. What did you think about that? Was there some kind of symbolism in that? Um, not No for me. refrigerators. I mean, nothing no in food. the refrigerator in no Russia. No food. Yeah. It's your food thing. See, it's my you're, food thing. You're I know. Gonna have to, we're going to have to get you some help. <laughs> Philip comes back from his trip, and he greets Elizabeth in the office. And they kind of chit-chat about Henry, and we find out here that the teacher, the math teacher, wants to talk with him. Because, obviously, he's a double agent, right? Math teacher's right. Name. Wouldn't it be cool if the math teacher wanted to talk to him about Henry's ability? Because, remember, Henry said a lot of kids goof off and I don't so I don't know why so maybe it's Henry is distribute or, or is kind of um, uh, displaying some type of uh, real knack. real knack or proficiency for mathematics and the history teacher I'm sorry the mathematics teacher wants to get him involved and in maybe you know a, a uh, an honors course or a, a more sophisticated math class and 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 you know what happens with guys that are good at math you know they get into science and what happens with guys who get into good at science you know navy recruiters target these guys for the nuke power program maybe henry could end up you know working to the nuclear power plant on a submarine a u.s submarine wouldn't that be great now he doesn't have time because we know the soviet union is going to fall here in 89 but uh, that would be um 
that would uh, be a, a path. I just kind of ran with that. You did. That's that's quite the jump from Henry's math. Teacher. Well, imagine what this but, how the center could develop a kid who had you know been born in the United States and could be totally vetted by the U.S. you know security vetting system. They put these guys through pretty pretty extensive vetting system before they let them in the nuclear power program, and they could end up with a Russian spy on board a U.S. nuclear submarine. I wonder if that's ever happened. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Because you know they've been here since the 50s. I mean, not Philip and Elizabeth, but, you know, Russian spies all through the Cold War. You know, that thing didn't just start with Philip and Elizabeth. Anyways, it was just kind of an idea that I, I went down the road with. I did think when they were talking about it that the math teacher might have been going to praise Henry. My mind didn't go that far, although it did kind of go into, and if he's great in math, where could that lead, and what might that lead to, and what ideas might that give Philip and Elizabeth about Henry. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see about that one, see how that one plays out. But she asked him about Kansas and how it went, and he says he may die of boredom. Between these two relationships that they both have to start at the same time, and here Philip is, he's put with Deidre, and we just got the little the little glimpse of Martha last week, and remember Martha's charm and grace and smile and everything, and then contrast that with what we've seen so far of Deidre. And then we see Elizabeth with Ben and how that it's such a contrast to Philip with Deidre. Philip got the short end of the stick, I think, on this one. Elizabeth definitely got the better assignment. I think so. More enjoyable assignment, for sure. wonder if they've ever went after somebody and they just weren't interested. The other person, it just they, that, that was not their type, because we don't ever see that. I mean, we kind of did with Don. Don didn't try to have anything with Elizabeth and he didn't but she was I I guess maybe they're able to work it around some other way if it doesn't work out that way then huh yeah they're going to work whatever angle it takes to get the information that they need well then we see where the car's coming up on the I assume the Austrian border yeah it said uh, I think Serb and Croat Serbia and Croatian border uh, were borders Austria. Of course, you know Serbia and Croatia was were part of the Soviet Union um, before the collapse. You know, you, you, I think it was Yugoslavia, right? Yeah, Yugoslavia was now you know split up into Serbia and Croatia, and I think even a few other countries. But uh, this is where they're at. They're at that border. Okay, the driver was he was really good. He was good at distracting. And then we also saw that second guy who was behind him in a car, kind of annoying him to speed it along. Yeah, really caught putting himself at risk really here with these these border guards because they're not uh, they're not touchy feely sensitive types. But they make it through. Makes it through and on his way to complete his trip. Then we go to the scene with I'm going to call her Ectrenia. I don't know. Okay. How. I'm going to call her Alice. <laughs> but they're really pushing her for a name for how she gets this food, this and, good food. She's evading and lying to him and misleading him. And here we see 
the theme of the show coming up again coercion blackmail um, the Russian interrogator does his job and he does it well how are you going to take care of your kids in prison right and what's going to happen to your husband what if, what if he loses his job you could lose your apartment we need a name or you're going to lose all your stuff all you got to do is give a name and it won't be traced back to you right so blackmail is the this is the the episode of blackmail and Oleg's sitting there kind of shrugging his shoulders like should have talked to me I wouldn't have had to bring in yeah wrestling the experienced Russian interrogator pitbull pitbull type well back in Topeka we see a really cute Elizabeth going for that shopping thing in the health food store now doesn't Ben look an awful lot like that scientist that they snapped his neck I mean kind of like maybe the the scientist was a younger more homely cousin or something I mean you know they they got both they both got beards and I don't remember beards being a big thing in the 80s do you no I don't I, I remember when I was in the Navy they were we still had beards in the Navy you could you could have a beard when you were in the Navy they got rid of that around 82 but in the 70s the 60s and 70s seemed to be the beard era and then it kind of went out in the mid and late 70s and they just recently come back with all these kids growing these big bushy beards with food stuck all in them and everything <laughs> and uh but i don't remember in the mid 80s beards being a, a thing and here we got you know we, we're seeing beards i think these actors are i think uh you know we gotta watch it americans producers we gotta be true to the time i mean come on now yeah but he's this he is you're right it, yeah okay. lumberjacky kind of yeah he's one of those crunchy guys that's knows about you know carob and in hiking and and he's and woodpecker a, tongue and plus he's an agriculture guy right so yeah but he falls for it hook line and sinker here she drops herself oh me oh clumsy me oh yeah ben he's like right out of an ll bean catalog he's you know he's ready <laughs> he's ready to go good it seems like a real personable guy and then she goes into this whole thing about, oh, I'm new here, and I'm looking for hiking trails, but first got to make the gorp. So I'll be coming back every week, all the time. And Do you know what gorp is? No, what's gorp? Gorp can stand for a couple things. It is, it's the word for trail mix. Ah. It's um, good old raisins and peanuts. Why don't you just call it trail mix? It's one, because that's not the hip-happening mm. thing to call it. It's also granola, oats, raisins, peanuts, gorp. Okay. So, I was going to actually make a sum for us to snack on yep. while we did this, because how great would that be? We're snacking on gorp while we're doing the podcast, but it's kind of early for trail mix, don't you think? Well, it also kind of goes against my fixed firm beliefs about nutrition with the grain and the sugar. No, Maybe just no. a big bowl of peanuts for me. Well, it's... Good stuff. Unsalted. Well, yeah, but... Okay, we don't want to get into this. One of them has, like, chopped up dates. Mm -hmm. I actually found a recipe for one. It was, like, picture some chopped up dates and some almonds. Of course, a lot of them want to add things like... She was doing the carob, which was pretty big in the 80s, but a lot of them now add chocolate chips. Yeah, see, I can already feel myself getting fat just thinking about chocolate chips. I'm not, not going there. Sorry. No chocolate chips for me. We're food nights, remember. I forgot for a minute. Yep. 
But anyway, that was kind of cheesy. He was like, well, luckily you ran into me, and I'm a gorp scientist hiking whatever. It was just cheesy, but he fell for it. And then we see the scene where Ben or Brad Eckert is having the beer with Alexi. Yeah, and that was a pretty uh, interesting scene where Alexi outlines how hard it is to get a shipment of grain from one spot to another and how long it takes and how proficient America is with their logistics and that they still move grain sometimes by horse. And he's railing on the Soviet Union again. He's talking about the broken system yeah. and how the Americans think that he is really sharp. And they call him, they call him a genius here um, in his field. I thought that was interesting. I'm sure he enjoys that uh, that that status. Well, and Alexi's saying that he knows everything about wheat, and that's why they think he's some kind of genius or something. But it was interesting. It's something that we talked about on the very first episode this year about how when they contrasted the the grain fields. And in America, they show this machinery blowing the grain and sorting the grain and doing all that. And then they would jump to the Russian fields where they had people doing it by hand. And Alexi's talking here about how they're still, like you said, traveling by horse, you know, carrying the stuff by horse and stuff. Why? What What would be... And, and by the time it got to its destination, a lot of times it was rotten just because of the length of time it took I suppose we also saw Philip talking about it looking at the grain fields I think in uh, Illinois or Oklahoma one of those trips that they took and he was ta- it was the Oklahoma one last time he was talking about we've got this in Russia why can't we make this work and I think we see Philip really wondering what's going on like Elizabeth wants to blame America for everything bad that goes on in Russia Right. But Philip seems to be looking at what is Russia not doing and what could they do that America does and is able to make this work better. The, the contrast in the systems. Well, we, we see the contrast in the governmental systems for sure with Oleg saying, hey, Mom, uh, they want me to do some stuff that I could be put in jail for. And then later on we see Stan making the AG eat that sandwich he don't want to eat. And it's just a big contrast in uh in in systems um paradigms i guess and you know the the world view their world views are just different the culture is just totally different and as a result of the cultures being different we see uh different systems um yeah but one's not working and one's working and you would think that maybe some of the russian spies would just be spying on how could we get this prosperity in our country versus this whole, like like the word you keep using, conspiracy. The wor- the, the Russian spies are, are pawns. They're, they're taking directions. They're being told what to do. They're, they're not being asked what they think. They're being told what to get, and they're delivering what they get. They don't have, that's the same problem William had. They don't, they don't have any kind of real input. No, no, absolutely. I would just think that they would want them over here to say, hey, okay, what's working there? You know, like, I don't know, just to find a better way necessarily in place of just to do this constant 
blame and evil, you know, looking for evil that America's doing, look to what is being done right mm. and implement it. Well, that goes against their nature, paranoid, egotistical nature of, of uh, you gotta you got to defeat that before you can open your mind to saying, hey, you know, these people, this... Our enemies have a great system. Let's emulate the system. It is funny, though, that they don't do that because they do it in military hardware. Remember last season, we saw the scientists that uh, Nina was trying to, to keep happy. Right. And and I think they were studying stealth fighter, trying to replicate the wing. So they're trying to replicate secret technology. But the stuff that's just laying out there in the open, like wheat fields, they don't, you know, they're just blowing right by it. It's yeah. a, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting, interesting um, concept of what they focus on and what they choose not to focus on. Yeah, I, I do think though that when somebody is downtrodden, when when you have a lot on you and you feel put upon, that it's easier to look at. Let's fix who's putting upon me whether it's real or not I think that you imagine a lot of everything that goes wrong you kind of want to go who's doing it this time maybe and maybe it's something like that because we are seeing that they're struggling over there I don't know but then we go to the scene where Elizabeth gets back and Philip's watching like a documentary on honeybees right yeah and they snuggle for a little bit and now this was really interesting to me. She has this, she comes in and she says, I have a gift for you. And she gives him, I guess, a little bottle of vodka, like an airplane bottle of vodka. And she makes it a point to say, some guy bought it for me. And I made a big deal out of telling him how I was going to bring it to my husband. Right. I think there was a lot going on in that statement. I think she was saying, first of all, I think she feels a little bit guilty because she doesn't want to like Ben, but she likes Ben. And I think she's telling Philip, I'm not flirting with people. I'm only doing my job. When somebody tries to flirt with me like this guy on the airplane, here, I'm bringing it to my husband. What I'm doing with Ben... That's that's my job. Yeah, I, th- I, I got that me. too. Okay. But she tells him that they're going hiking and the guy's full of himself. Philip tells her that Paige is going to be babysitting Claire Louise this Saturday. And they just kind of have a little conversation like that. But Philip looks a little worried to me. Philip's uh, increasingly troubled by the whole thing. Yeah. Then we go to the scene where they're having dinner with Renee and Stan. What do you think about that scene? Uh, I I didn't make any notes about that at all. I think you were right. I think... I don't want to spoil anything, but I think Renee is a double agent. You think she's an agent to start with. Right. An agent, yeah, yes. Double agent might not be right, but an agent. She seemed manic 
I've got another reason that I'll go into later, but she seemed manic in this scene. Well, she seemed manic on The Walking Dead. Maybe that's just the actress. No. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. But she was talking about, oh, I've got an uncle from Pittsburgh. Da, 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 da. I used to do, I want to play ball and da-da-da-da-da. And I don't know, it just seemed forced and contrived. And hmm. anyway. That's interesting. Well, yeah, because you're going to pee yourself when we get into the other part that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Then we see Oleg and... The interrogator. Rustling. Yeah, and Oleg thinks they're being too hard, and, you know, a son in Afghanistan, isn't that enough because of his experience? Right. And then this, and then we see this blackmail thing popping up again when the interrogator says, "See, here's here's his weak spot." And they're talking about how they're going to get to the the guy at the Baza. Do you remember that? That's what he said. Mm-hmm. He goes, "See his weak spot." They're they're already they're already angling like, uh, and here's Philip and Elizabeth. You know, they're looking for Ben's weak spot and Deidre's weak spot. Everybody's looking for everybody else's weak spot to get in position to squeeze them. Well, but Oleg starts talking about, don't we need to do the decent thing? And this is kind of what Stan has been trying to get them to do. Do the decent thing. Well, this is not what we've been taught about the FBI or the KGB. So this is kind of, um, I don't know, maybe a little idealistic that a KGB officer would be would be having a conversation with a KGB colonel and a expert interrogator. And you don't expect anything to come out of his mouth like, let's do the decent thing. I just, this didn't strike me as... I expect that from Oleg. ...realistic. Well, I expect it. I like that. I like that. We had this conversation Of course, we time. love that because that's the, you know, the knight in shining armor. But the reality is, I mean, it's the KGB. But did you see the colonel sitting there and the way he was looking at Oleg when he said that? Yeah. You want to kill him. Well, <laughs> maybe. But he, he brought up... His father. Have you talked to your father about this? Because yeah. he's not very yeah. soft and stuff like. Do you think? I have a question. Do you think the father, Oleg's father, had something to do with what happened to Nina? And the colonel knows that because he's like he's not easy on. I don't know people when it comes to Mother Russia. I think what he's saying. Is well, you're certainly not a chip off the old block. Okay. Because your dad, this just don't sound like something that would come out of your dad's son's mouth. Right. But we haven't really seen any of that with Oleg's father, and nope. I'm wondering if we're going to see some. This is the impression we get, though. Right. Right. Well, the interrogator says, maybe you can just give us back the file, and we'll try to work it out. Yeah, he kind of comes. He kind of uh, comes around a little bit. He he wants to. Uh, that that's that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Hardcore pit bull Russian interrogator, uh, kind of going along with Oleg. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I didn't know if he was just trying to appease him for the moment. I don't I don't know where that was going, but but that was interesting. You're right. Then we go to the scene with Adderholt and, and Stan on the stakeout. And, and it's another bribery scene where they're discussing they're discussing coercion. Where Adderholt's telling Stan how they. Found this guy's weak spot, which was he was having, we were working on. This dude was having an affair, and all I had to do was mention it to him, and he, he that caved. That offered him the world, yeah, and he didn't care. But when they when they got something on him, 
That's what worked. And all I did was mention it, and he he just caved in. But it all worked out great for everybody because yeah, now they're the means justifies the ends. And Stan now, Stan is sitting there, and you can see the smoke coming out of his ears because the wheels are turning. They are. Then we go to Paige babysitting Claire Louise. Well, we start off with Pastor Tim giving her the capital book by Marx. That was, this tells you a lot. This explains a lot. Okay, talk to me. Pastor Tim, why hasn't he turned these people in? It's not because he's a pastor. It's not because he feels like it's the right religious thing to do. Pastor Tim... He's a KGB agent. He's not a KGB agent. Thank you. But he's a sympathizer. He has a book on Marx. He admires Marx. He reads her a quote from this book, Labor is therefore not voluntary, but coerced. It is therefore not the satisfaction of a need. It is merely a means to satisfy needs external to it. He's espousing the benefits of coercive tactics. I mean, he's just laying it out here. They should they should have labeled this episode coercion. <laughs> really, he's laying it out here why coercion is a good thing. Uh, or, why, or no, I'm, I'm sorry. He's not saying it's a good or a bad thing. He's just saying it works. And he's reading to her this Marxist quote and so and he's and he's enthusiastic about it. The guy embraces the Marxist principles. He's kind of a Marxist because he Paige even mentions to him, well, didn't this guy he didn't believe in religion? No, he didn't, but but Pa he was all about poverty and class and and so Pastor Tim is showing his his admiration for what Philip and Elizabeth and the Soviet Union are all about. Okay. Well, I didn't know a lot about the book. I've never had any experience with that. Have you? Did you know anything about it? No. Uh, Don McLean, you know, in American Pie, you know, one of his lines is, and Lennon read a book of Marx. Right. Uh, so Karl Marx, you know, had a big influence, we know, on uh, Soviet principles and communist principles. The, the, the like, 30,000-foot view for me was... Coercion is a tool. Coercion is okay. Coercion is acceptable. I mean, I'm surprised going into this. As soon as I saw Tim, I thought, you know, I'm surprised he's not dead yet. And then he just, they just almost read my mind. This is why he's not dead yet. He sympathizes with them. He's he's a he, this is they're not, he's, they're not aware. He didn't come out and say he sympathizes. Although I think in one episode he he did say they're kind of. Uh, or, or Paige did say they kind of do the same things. He's a. I think Elizabeth said that. Yeah, he's yeah. anti-nuke and and you know all these these you know more more liberal leaning than um, than than you know the U.S. government at that at that time. But um, I think Tim is uh, is a closet Marxist. <gasps> closet, there's that closet. <sighs> but now this 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 explained a lot to me. Um, and about I, why he wouldn't have just went to the government or sure, to the police. Sure, he embraces the Marxist philosophy, which is what they embrace in the Soviet Union. And this thing, this... Because he, he's a KGB. He, he's not a KGB. Okay. KGB. No. 
he is missing his opportunity with no that. self-respecting KGB agent would have a haircut like that. Seriously? Yep. No way. Need I remind you of Philip when he goes to see Kimmy? That's a wig. Well, maybe Pastor Tim has a wig. You know, I didn't. I didn't think about that. As a matter of fact, I saw a picture of the actor. He he does go around with his head shaved most of the time. Yeah. He may have a wig. I mean, standard operating procedure. I mean, the FBI is using the same book as the KGB all through this. They're they're Andrew Holt and Stan. A few minutes ago, they're talking about you know this is the way they do it. This is standard operating procedure. Oleg. You know, in two scenes now, you know, we'll put you with this interrogator. You're going to take him. Here's our standard operating procedure right out of the playbook. It's it's the playbook. It's it's in the book. It's the rules. It's the it's the rule of the day. This is this is you know law of the land. This is this is the way we operate. Both sides use coercion and blackmail and scare tactics to get people in position to get them the information they need instead of just you know, being friends and saying, hey, let's try to work together, and uh, here's my number to Moscow, and oh, hey, here's my number to Washington, and let's get our departments working together, and uh, we don't have to conquer the world. We'll just take care of our people and do what's best for everybody. I know, I know, I'm idealistic too, but, I mean, all this, all this work that these agents and these government put into this this crap, and half the time they don't even get it right. They don't even get the intentions of the other side right. But I'm I'm ranting now, so let's continue before I. Well, it's still surprising to me the links that they go to, even though we've seen it for this is the fifth season now. How far they'll go to, how much coercion, how far, how deeply they'll get into character and stuff. I mean, they are developing good. for years. They are good at their jobs. Then we go to the scene where Philip, as Gus, is calling Deidre from the payphone. Still trying to get a date with homely Deidre. And she isn't making any immediate plans with Philip. Mm -mm. She's like, if it works out, it works out. If not, I'm busy. I'm busy, Philip. And then Ben and Brenda later on looks like they may be about to go into a porno here. Well, we, first, we see him walking through the woods, and he's having the conversation about the birds, and they're laughing, and it's fun. And you just constantly see this contrast between the relationship or wannabe relationship between Philip or Gus and Deidre and Brenda and Ben. Yeah, Ben's turning into uh, Elizabeth's uh, Martha. It's... Might be too quick to tell, but I I don't have a good feeling about that. About Ben? Yeah, I have a really... Is it the beard? No, I don't think so. I have a really bad feeling about how this relationship's going to end up. I don't I don't know why, but I just feel like it may be something that she really... I, I don't know. I Maybe I'm just sensing Elizabeth's struggle with it. I don't know. Then we start that thing where they're flashing back and forth between Paige and the house, looking at the baby and going through drawers and all this kind of stuff, and Elizabeth and Ben. So what we're seeing is mother and daughter both working as spies. The apprentice spy with the seasoned spy. Soon as soon as Paige started cruising through the house, I heard... Doom, 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 
Well, I don't know. What did you think about her doing that? She was kind of disgusted when she ran into Pastor Tim's condoms there on the uh, in the uh, drawer. Remember she opened the remember the face she made when she saw the the Lifestyles brand condoms there in the in the drawer. You didn't you didn't catch that? I didn't catch that. Oh yeah, no. she was she was like, Ugh, oh my god, I didn't you know. But I mean, come on, Paige, where do you think the baby came from? Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that. It's a good catch. But she did make a great find. She found the. She found Pastor Tim's diary, his journal. Yeah. And there was a lot of... And she just gets it and takes a seat. So it starts starts going through it. And curiously, Brenda does not close the deal. Oh, I didn't think that was curious at all. Really? No. Okay. Well, well, tell me. Enlighten me. Well, why would she have... First of all, I don't think she wants to. I think she loves Philip now and I really think that they're both enjoying just being with one another first of all but second I think that she wants to make sure that he thinks about her and he desires her and he wants this other interaction with her because basically what she said was I can't tonight but I'll be back next week so then she knows he's going to go, okay, I'll see you next week. Whereas if she had to not, I mean. Oh, I see. He might not. Or he might be one of those people who say, okay, great. Talk to you later. Well, and, I mean, who knows? Not develop the relationship. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, see, I'm one of those sad guys that never was able to pick up, you know, a lot of girls because I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know how to. please. I didn't know how to play the game. Still don't. But I don't need to. So. Okay, then we go to the scene where Stan is looking at what I call the Martha board. I know yeah, it's not just Martha. Yeah, baby, this is this is it right here. This is the this is the this is the 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 whipped cream on top of the top of the cake. Well, we even got to see a picture of William. So Williams made a couple of uh, Williams got a couple of uh, yep paper cameos. So the deputy attorney general walks into the vault and stands there. Stan starts talking about Kosigan, who was that FBI agent, or, mm. or the KGB agent that they had taken trying to get information. And Stan was mad, and he killed him. Yep. And he was an innocent dude. Remember, he oh, was yeah. like... He didn't do a thing. They just He was a brand new, just gotten into the country, just got, just got his didn't job. Didn't want to be there. He wanted to be a dentist or something, remember? He was... And the AG is pissed. He, why are you telling me this? Do you want to be prosecuted? Do you want to be arrested? And Stan says, nope. Here's the way it's going to work. I don't believe this would ever happen, but I absolutely love it. Here's what Stan does. Stan takes the playbook and uses it on the people who trained him on how to use it. So he's using it on the AG. And then that hypocritical son of a bitch has the nerve to say, I believe in the Constitution. Mr. AG, would you please turn to the page in the Constitution of the Bill of Rights that mentions blackmail and ruining people's lives in order to get what you want? Show me the part... That, that tells us that the 
means justifies the ends, Mr. A.G. That's, that's the part I want you to tell me about the Constitution. And Stan just knocks him off his high horse. And he, I'm a, I'm a, I don't believe it. I don't believe this would ever happen. But I'm a solid, solidly, solid Stan fan. I don't care what he does from this point forward. This, this is a righteous dude right here. I, I told you. I love this guy. I love I Stan. love. I love. He thought about this. This was a premeditated attack. He thought about this and thought about this. And Adderholt put him over the edge when they're in the car talking about how they got to the other guy. And we see it. We saw it through the whole episode. We're going to find somebody's weak spot. Well, guess what? Stan tried his best. He talked to everybody like a good soldier. He went up the chain of command and he tried and he tried and he tried and he tried to appeal to their sense of right and wrong. And they just kept blowing right by him. So he pulled out the playbook and said, here you go, buddy. How does it taste? How do you like me now? I love it. I absolutely love it. I also thought it was... I thought he was going to pull out a copy of Pastor Tim's book here. (laughs) I thought it was pretty noble of Stan, too, because Stan essentially is completely willing to fall on the sword to get what's right. He laid it out there. He laid it. He laid, He put himself out there. He's like, do what you want to do with me, but understand that when you do, right. this is how it's going to come yeah, out. Here's so. what's going to happen if you don't get off of Burroff. He was... Totally willing to put his money where his mouth was, Stan oh, yeah. was, and I just, you can't help but respect that. Whether you agree with what somebody's saying or not, you can't help but respect somebody who is willing to take the hit. Great scene. But then we go to commercial, and it's the Kenny slash Fargo commercial again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love those Fargo commercials. And for those that don't know, Mike from West Coast Project and I do a Fargo podcast. So if you like Fargo or if you want to know why you should, uh, I'm going to put a link down in our show notes to check out the West Coast Project Fargo podcast. That'll be starting sometime in mid to late April. I'm pretty excited about that. I like the show. like Fargo a lot. I hope it's uh, as good as the last couple seasons have been. It'll be really good. Then we come back and... Paige is coming in while Elizabeth is working with those lasagna noodles, and they have their conversation. Yeah, and then she pulls her over by the sink and turns on the water like that's some kind of, you know, it's like the same sophisticated move as rubbing your fingers together to remember where you were from before you give up some information you're not supposed to give up. I don't know what noise works. I don't know how much white noise you get with the running water, but she was standing right beside it, and it was kind of neat how she was like drawing Paige in. She's like showing her these little tidbits all the time of different spy moves. The white noise, the, I don't, I still don't get the finger, the cricket move, maneuver as you so named it. But Paige wants to know all about it. What's going on? Who are you? What do you, how do you do this? Why are you and dad going separately? But then... She tells her what she's been doing over at Pastor Tim's (laughs) house, yeah. She says, so, Mom, you think you're the spy? Let me tell you what a real spy does. Elizabeth was completely freaked out and yet intrigued at the same time. She's like, oh, don't ever. Oh, Paige, you can never, never do that. fine. Yeah. Was there anything about me? (laughs) What was in there? Anything about us? And then Paige reminds her, hey, I was there. Right. Not you. Right. This is Paige's Russia. 
This is my Russia. This is, this is my mission, Mom. Then we see Oleg lounging around and his mom comes in. I thought this was a powerful scene. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he doesn't do anything stupid because, you know, Stan's just about got this thing handled. And now Man, he's working and then they're not communicating. You know, Oleg thinks that it's Stan because of those bastard CIA agents are, you know, using Stan's information. So what's he supposed to think? Yeah, they set it up like that. So he's laying there looking all concerned and he finds out that his mom spent five years in a labor camp. They came took her away from her husband. He couldn't he couldn't fathom this. He was it was a you know, big revelation for him. And they have this conversation and she tells him, you know, the, the, this show was full of great lines. Um, do what you need to do. You yeah. do you do what you I did what I had to survive. You do what you need to do. She's saying, Forget about Russia, forget about the United States, think about Oleg. You do what you need to do, son. I thought that was the best advice you could possibly give him. It was very maternal. It was very... Sure. You know, I survived. You're all I have left. You survive. And I loved that. And I think that's probably why Oleg went to her, like we talked about earlier, because... He knew he was going to get some... Well, some good stuff. And he knew he wanted to know what she would do because she was going to have to live with this, and he didn't want her uh, death by depression or whatever to be on his conscience. Right. And then we see Misha flying into JFK. He shows up, TWA. Yep. He's, he's there. He's walking in front of buses. He's, he's a little bit out of his element. No, he's here. way out of his element, yeah. But he's there. He's here, and this is going to get real scary now. And then we go to the scene where Elizabeth's telling Philip what Paige did. When they're in the bedroom, this yes. is the closing scene, yeah. Philip has the same idea as Elizabeth about, oh my gosh, she can't do that, she can't do that. And then Elizabeth goes, but what if she catches something on Tim and a parishioner? Yes, she said, who knows what goes on with a good pastor? Mm-hmm. Who knows, maybe. She wants to blackmail. She wants to, but she's not thinking this through. You know, she's she's really not thinking this through. So let's let's just say there was something, you know, that he had done with a parishioner, and he wrote it down. He put it in his journal, and let's just say they find it, and let's just say they need to use it, and let's just say they go to Pastor Tim and say, you know what, buddy, if you don't do what we want you to do, we know that you and Gladys had been getting jiggy with it, and Gladys's husband didn't know about it, and the whole church is going to know about it. What do you think about that, Tim? You're going to do what we want you to do now? Because Tim has the trump card. Listen, I know you're Russian spies. Right. You're going to go away for the rest of your life. I may be humiliated, but your ass is done. Yeah, but maybe there's something more. We something are more seeing, there. Well, maybe there's something more. All Paige read about was what was between him and the parishioners. But maybe there is something more to Tim. I mean, I've teased from the beginning that I think he's a KGB agent. But but even if he's not, you just alluded to the fact that he's a, Mar a Marxist sympathizer. Maybe there's something more in Tim's past that would be as big a deal. And maybe something that he would go to jail for. Maybe something... Uh, treasonous on his part that Paige mm. might be able to well, find. It doesn't just no, have to be an affair. That's interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't... Yeah. 
Uh, okay. But I, I, I'll bite on that. I think we're going to, something's going to come with Pastor Tim. This whole thing is not just going to be about a stress over their head, I don't think, this whole time. Well, they need to hurry up. It's 1984, and the whole damn thing's going to come crumbling down in 89, so we have got to get well, this show on the road. And we've only got one more season, so we don't have long to find it out. But Philip starts asking Elizabeth about Kansas, and she's like, I don't want to talk about it. What do you think that meant? I don't think, I think it, I don't think she wants him to know how much she enjoys Ben, and I don't think she wants to think about how much she enjoys Ben. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I thought she doesn't like the fact of how much she likes him, because in her mind still, the thought process is he's trying, and she says it, he's trying to starve the starve a nation. You know, he's sitting laughing at his own jokes while he's trying to starve a whole nation. And I thought that was a pretty profound thing to say. And that was the end. That's that's it. Went away. Okay. I know how much, Mike, you love to hear about upcoming next week's. Do you want me to tell you uh, what was on next week's this week? Well, yeah, but it doesn't mean anything. Oh, it did, oh this means something. Oh, does it? Oh, yes, I, this means I, okay, something. Okay. Well, are you, are you waiting? I'm, I'm, you know, I don't believe it, but whatever. Oh, you don't. Okay. No. Okay. Tell me. I should have made some gorp so you could have eaten that with your I'm words not, I, I'm not in eat, just a minute. I'm not eating the gorp. Well, next week, episode four is called Lotus 123. That's the, that's the name of the episode. Okay, so they're, so they're meditating and doing yoga. And I know you don't love these upcomings, but we see Misha finds his way to Gabriel, and he's asking where his father is. So evidently, he was planning on meeting his father, and Gabriel showed up instead. Ooh. And Gabriel scolds him for speaking Russian. He's like, don't speak Russian. So, there's that. Hold your breath. You ready? Then we see Stan in bed with Renee saying he can't talk about work stuff. So, she continues to ask him, well, can you just be vague while they're in bed? Then we see Philip telling Elizabeth that the center has suddenly been getting a lot of detail about Stan. Oh, Wow, so yeah. So double, or not double agent, but agent. Yes. Elizabeth is asking Philip, did we send her? I wonder if Elizabeth and Philip are going to feel like, hey, this was our operation. What are you doing? You don't think we can handle this? Or just feel friendship, kinship with Stan. They like Stan. And now they're seeing somebody trying to maybe destroy Stan. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. No. So I think you, of course, you call everybody a double agent no, or an agent. No, I don't think Philip and Elizabeth are double agents. I think they're just Soviet agents. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think, uh, I know, and no. But we definitely see something with Renee and the information going, going to the center about Stan. Wow, that's Dan. neat. That's, that's really good. So I was right about Renee. But, of course, then again, if I claim everybody's a double agent, I'm going to be... You're going to be right sometimes. I'm going to be right sometimes. A broken clock's right twice a day. So, uh, yeah. Are you calling me? No, 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 okay. no, no. We see Philip in a new disguise following Renee, it looks like. Hmm. We see Misha on a payphone with that girl, I can't remember her name, the operator girl. The blonde operator girl that takes their messages. 
and she's giving him information on someone to meet in the park. We assume this is when he meets Gabriel. But Gabriel's telling Claudia, it's his son, Claudia. Shouldn't he have the right to make this decision or whatever? And Claudia's like, no, it's too risky. So we see all that. We don't see any more Martha T's, but my hopes are still up. Me too. But that's about all I've got on episode four. What's the matter with Kansas? Did you think we covered it? Did you have anything else that no, we forgot to say? No, I think the theme was blackmail and coercion. Blackmail, yep. And how, how that's what the whole thing was about. Either blackmail or getting ready to blackmail or having blackmailed. or. Black- it was dark. Yeah. It was really a dark, uh, kind of sinister episode, yep. I thought. But I thought it was great. Did you like this episode? I liked this episode. Well, we hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our American Reds podcast. So, Mike, if people want to message you and talk to you about this episode, how do they do that? They can reach me at uh, at Mike from TN. So you decided not to go with the at, at sweet, or, orange sweet orange blossom, blossom Mike wheat, from TN? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. no, just at Mike from TN. Okay. Yeah, I, I went ahead and deleted the other day. Okay. And I'm at Michelle from TN. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so you can subscribe to us there. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. Ratings are a great way to help a podcast that you like. It bumps you up if you get rated and reviewed. So if you like what we're doing here, let us know with ratings, or better yet, a rating and a review on iTunes. It would be so great. And, of course, all this information is on tribalrant.com where you can email us or leave us a message. We always love to hear from you. We got, like, some great feedback this week. I really loved hearing from... We only love to hear from you if you agree with us. <laughs> That's not true. That's absolutely true. That's not true. I, I I like it when people challenge my thought processes, too. But I do, of course, love it when people say, oh, we love to hear from you or we love what you're saying or whatever. It's just always so fun. It's like we talked about interactive TV, and now we kind of have this podcast where we talk about the TV, and now we have people interacting with podcasts. I just love it. I think it's great. I think the producers have been listening, and which is why they didn't put any songs into this episode. They say those people, they got a great podcast, but they talk too much about the music, hmm. so we're just not going to put any in this one. You think? I think that's what happened. Well, we, sh- we, have, we have to be careful with our words. Yeah. Lots of power. Information in these is words, power. right. Mm-hmm. Well, then we'll see you back next week for episode five called Lotus 1, 2, 3. Lotus 1, 2, 3. But we'll see you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.